Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about MSG and aspartame. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hi. When you hear the term MSG, what do you think of? I think of Chinese food because I know it's in there a lot. I think about that. I also think about Madison Square Garden and Madison Square Park. Oh, MSP. Yeah. Missed. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you can tell, but I don't know a lot about Oh my god, Bun, are you for real right now? Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) She went into my toiletries and got a box of things. I think she might be hungry. I think she is too. I think you should give her a snack before we proceed. No, no, no. No, give her, give baby a treat. She has, she has hay all over the floor. But, you know, she gets tired of hay sometimes. Sometimes she just wants a little snacky. Do we not have treats for her right now? I have like a, I have one more of those hay toys that she really likes, but it makes a really big mess that I'm not prepared to clean up right now. So put it in her cage. Well, but I want her to have outside time right now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, as that's you were our, saying, that's our baby. That's our baby. I don't know anything about MSG or the second one. You mean aspartame? Or yeah. well, that's the later topic. Okay. I know that one gives you headaches. So um, can you tell me more specifically, what is MSG and what does it stand for? MSG, I believe, stands for monosodium glutamate or something. Yeah, that's right. Oh, cool. And I know that when you put it in something, I know it's kind of salty. I think it's like a flavor enhancer. Yeah. Okay. So let's not get ahead of ourselves, but yes, MSG is monosodium glutamate and it is the sodium salt of glutamic acid. Glutamic acid. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to even ask what that is. Is MSG naturally occurring in foods? I don't think so. It is. It is naturally occurring in foods. Okay. Because I've only seen it in like in a bottle as like a powder. That is a form of it. But yes, MSG is naturally occurring in lots and lots and lots of food, but uh, notably tomatoes and cheese. MSG in my tomatoes and cheese. But it's in like almost everything, if we're being real, Like like naturally occurring. Oh, Italians must be chock full of MSG. Exactly. I am 
98% MSG. Aren't we all? (laughs) And what does MSG taste like? I believe it's salty. Almost. It's it's like savory umami. So it's like a cousin of salty, like a sister of salty. I don't quite understand the concept of umami. I just know people usually describe it for meat and mushrooms. Yeah, it's like a savory taste. It's like the perfect balance of everything. I'll take your word for it. Thank you. How is MSG used, which you kind of touched on before? I know it's in Chinese food a lot. And I don't know, take out mm, tomatoes. Maybe you take a tomato that already has MSG and they put more MSG on it in powder form. And then you just have like a god tomato. You could. You could do that. You could create a god tomato. <laughs> I'm very excited. My my tomato plant, his name is Jeremy. He's grown so tall. He's like almost as tall as like the garden stake I have to support him. And I think he's going to start making tomatoes soon. So I'm going to buy MSG and I'm going to put MSG powder on his firstborn son. I'm really excited for this endeavor. And then I'm going to eat it. You're gonna like- eat. You're gonna eat the firstborn son of Jeremy. Yeah, I don't. I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> or, or is the fruit female? Is it? No. Topic. Oh wait, no, it can't be. Well, maybe. Do they have genders? Are you assuming Jeremy's offspring's gender? <laughs> Plants do have sexes. Yeah. Do they have genders? I don't know. I think we need to get a botanist on the show. I agree. I would love to have <laughs> a botanist you, on the show. <laughs> if you are a botanist, please email us and yeah. tell us, do San Marzano tomatoes, aka the breed of Jeremy, have sexes and genders? Yeah, please let us know at researcherbottlepodcast at gmail.com. Anyway. Yeah, so MSG is added to foods to make them taste better. And in doing so, it also uses less salt, like less sodium. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it does have like that savory, almost like kind of salty flavor to it. And so you can use less salt if you're adding MSG. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm going to like buy some MSG. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. I'm going to start using MSG. Please do. It's a magical ingredient. Maybe I can extract it from my tomatoes. Well, speaking of extraction, can you tell me or describe the three primary methods of MSG production? Okay. Evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. I thought you were going to say distillation. Oh, (laughs) but I like precipitation more. Yeah. So the, the first, well, first of all, it's time to get rebutted. Okay. And the first method, this is a quote, it's hydrolysis of vegetable proteins with hydrochloric acid to disrupt peptide bonds. Hydrochloric acid is a very strong acid. Well, yes, but you're doing hydrolysis with vegetable proteins. So what's, what's hydrolysis? I used to be able to partially answer that question. You know, probably same. Yeah. Uh, the second way is chemical synthesis with acrylonitrile. What? Send me the word. I want to try to pronounce it. Okay. 
Acrylonitrile. Acrylonitrile. Chemical synthesis with acrylonitrile. Um, what is what is chemical synthesis? Is it based when you is it when you grow an MSG? Based on context clues, I would say chemical synthesis is probably when you have some chemicals and they mix together just right. Listeners who are chemists, please rebut me. Like the Powerpuff Girls. That's yeah. chemicals done just right. Yeah. And the third method is bacterial fermentation. Gross. Or it sounds gross. Well, I have some news for you about pickles. <laughs> and beer, probably. Yeah. And cheese and yogurt and lots of other foods. Anyway. Salami. I don't know if that's bacterial fermentation. Doesn't like salami get like a thick, thick rind on the outside and that's like the white part and that's bacteria? When you dry age it? Uh, maybe. I don't know if it's fermentation, though. Butchers out there, please feel free to rebut me. Yeah, butchers, I want to know. Talk to me about salami. <laughs> Talk to me about salami like I'm one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> Which of those three methods are used primarily today? I'll say the second one, the chemical synthesis. Um, I get why you say that because it sounds all scientific and stuff, but it's actually bacterial fermentation is the primary means today. Oh, that would have been my last guess. It's relatively easy and it seems to be kind of inexpensive from what I can can tell. Can I do it at home? I, I, you could certainly try. Okay. Can you think of some alternative names for MSG, both chemical and commercial? Minosodium, glutamite, glutamaybe, glutawill, disodium glutamate divided by two. What kind of question is this? How am I supposed to know? I weren't. Ex- I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to know, but like I just wanted to see what you would come up with, and I okay. thought it was possible you might have known one or two of the commercial ones. I know that one of the brands that sells MSG, like it has a picture of a panda on it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it does. I won't go through the whole list, but here's a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is sodium 2 aminopentenidioate, alternatively, glutamic acid, MSG monohydrate. Okay, so there's, those are a few chemical ones. And then here are a few of the commercial names. Oh, I also really like flavor enhancer E621. <laughs> but a few of the commercial ones include accent, ajinomoto, tasting powder and sazon 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 which you can buy anywhere i wonder which one of those is the one with the panda not sure if anyone knows what i'm talking about please let me know is msg controversial yes and before we get into the controversy is msg safe to consume yes okay Lots of stuff. Yes, you're right. Lots of studies have been done and show absolutely no links between MSG and symptoms such as headaches or chronic health problems. So just get that out of the way now. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. 
what is the controversy? Where does it come from? And like, what is it in general? To my knowledge, what it is, is that MSG, I think, happens to be in a lot of already unhealthy foods as a flavor enhancer. So I think the controversy may be that it's the MSG's fault that the junk food is making you feel bad. When in reality, it's probably all the other things in the junk food that's making you feel bad. It's not necessarily the MSG's fault. I know when I was younger um, and my family used to get like Chinese takeout a lot, my mom would sometimes mention like, oh, you might get a headache if you eat too much because of the MSG. And this was in like early 2000s. I wonder if she would even remember that actually. But that's my knowledge of the controversy. Yeah, um, you're basically right. And I'm just going to give a bit of history to it. It's a whole long, complicated thing, and I won't go through all of it, partially because we don't have time, but also because it's actually kind of confusing. And I encourage you all to like look into this further. But the really super short version is in 1968, there was a fake letter written to get into a medical journal. And the claim, like basically... Like this guy made a bet that like he would or wouldn't be able to get into this journal or something. And someone was betting against him that he'd be able to. And so he submitted this letter claiming MSG in Chinese food was the source of symptoms when in fact his symptoms were coming from drinking too much alcohol and then eating too much. Oh, and that's that's crummy of that guy. Yeah. And that is like very adjacent to what you were saying about MSG being added to like already terrible foods. And so this has led to MSG being stigmatized pretty much entirely just in Chinese food. And this has led to a lot of racism. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And meanwhile, tons of foods, like you already mentioned, that we eat every day either have MSG added or is naturally occurring and it causes absolutely no harm or symptoms. Like things like Doritos, things like Cheetos, so many snack foods have MSG added under various names. Okay. And like, it's not the MSG that makes you feel sick. It's the fact that you're eating absolute junk food. My question is though, is MSG actually inherently unhealthy? Is there anything? No, it's entirely safe. It is entirely fine to consume. You can add it like chefs add it to their food all the time. It is absolutely fine. It's just a flavoring agent. So it's like, it's not like, oh, this is high in sodium. You should avoid it if you have high blood pressure and nothing like that either. No, not at all. And in fact, it allows you to use less table salt. We have been duped yes. by an cat on a bet in yes. 1968. Oh my goodness. Yes, and it created so much racism to the wow. point to the point where like you pick up any Chinese food menu in America and it'll say no MSG. But just arguably just worse stemming. for you. Arguably. But like, and it's also usually a blatant lie, but I do not blame them for putting that on there saying we don't oh. use MSG just because of how it stemmed and the stigma that came from that when in reality msg is totally fine that's crummy and making do we have have a name of the guy that did that yes but you should google it because like i said it gets kind of confusing and and but like the guy's last name is steel if if i have the energy i'll make a call out post 
Yes. And people today who claim that the MSG in Chinese food gives them headaches or whatever, like absolutely not true. And it's racist. No, it's probably all the other stuff. It's the fact that like you're consuming large amounts of like fried. Yeah, it's it's junk food. No, I mean, I'm not saying I mean, you know, steamed broccoli and pork, not necessarily junk food. But yeah, not all American Chinese food is junk food. However, if you're making the choices that you're going to make and getting, you know, sesame chicken, like, yeah, you might not feel great if you eat all of it. I know this. I do that like at least once every two weeks. Yes, you do that. You eat sesame chicken. Yeah, maybe like probably once or twice a month. Yeah. And <laughs> baby gets a headache if I eat it all. Yeah, because it's junk food. It's yeah. It's lots of sugar, lot- lots of oil, lots, lots of white rice. Fats. Yeah. But yeah, the but MSG is no, not the culprit. nothing to do with it. It's right. just because it's fatty and it will hurt you if you eat a lot of it. Right. I so, yeah. would like to take a quick moment to talk not about MSG, um, but RPF. Okay. It stands for rapid fire. Wow. <laughs> Catching me early, I see. <laughs> this is how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise... I mean, she got it wrong. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is there a transgender Barbie doll? It is gender neutral. How thick is human skin? Like a quarter of a centimeter. Do mosquitoes prefer a certain blood type? Yes. Where are French fries actually from? Belgium. What is a nightshade? It's a type of plant. Minus the sticks, how many buttons are on a GameCube controller? Six, seven. (laughs) How deep is the average belly button? A centimeter. When was the slip and slide invented? 1952. What year did the Rugrats come out? 1991. Has Gordon Ramsay ever been assaulted in public? Yes. What is the recommended age for a colonoscopy? Uh, 50, if no other problems. What percentage of Americans have had braces? 74. We're out of time. I don't think Rugrats came out in 1991. Let's find out right now. I think I'm going to guess 1997. What year did I say? 1991. I was right. Really? Really. Wow. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'm going to give myself the wrong button right here. Yeah, I'm going to keep all this in just so I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So MSG, huh? Yeah, and now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you love umami foods? Do you try your best to be anti-racist? Then you need MSG spray. MSG spray, just like MSG powder, it adds that special flavor to anything you want. But now it comes in a convenient spray form. All you have to do is flip the top, press the button, and your magical flavor spray comes right out onto whatever you want. Cook with it. Bake with it. Spray it on popcorn. Make all your umami dreams come true. Support your local Chinese-American restaurant. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Hey, Paige. Hi. Did you get your MSG spray? I did. I extracted it from my tomatoes. Wow. 
I am part of that business. I don't know if anyone knew that. Side gig. <laughs> Side gig. Side gig. I extract MSG from tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> from one tomato plant specifically. And his name is Jeremy. I mean, to be honest, like of all the side gigs that I do, like it wouldn't, I feel like it wouldn't shock anybody if I, if like somebody asked it what I was up to and I'm like, oh yeah, one of my side gigs is I extract MSG from tomatoes. No, that's not the weirdest thing you've ever done that, or it wouldn't be. What is the weirdest side gig I've had in your I opinion? I don't know if I'm allowed to, well, let me think. Cause you had quite a few. I've had a lot of side gigs. We're going to deep dive and learn about Rachel for a sec. Well, we don't need to like go into full detail. I just want to know in your opinion, what the weirdest one was. Well, Cause I have to think because there's okay. been so many. Okay. Off the top of my head. I think like the most out there one for you specifically, not necessarily for anyone, but like specifically you and your personality and your political views. Yeah. Being like the bartender at like, little kids parties for wine moms yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like conservative wine moms I don't I mean I don't know if they're politically conservative okay because it seemed from like how okay not conservative but bougie wine moms oh absolutely yeah and you're like such well I mean you're I'm, a little, I'm a little bougie. you're a little bougie yeah <laughs> You make cold brews and you put them in jars and you drink them with paper straws. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's a little bougie. <laughs> well, I don't know. You call it bougie. I call it frugal. Why? But frugal is like the act of like being cheap and saving money. That's what I mean. I'm saving so much money by making my own cold brew. I guess that's a good point, but I think it's the jar, man. The jar is what makes it bougie. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I, for the longest time, was using an a plastic empty juice bottle. That does make me feel better. Okay. Yeah. I graduated <laughs> to the glass mason jars at okay. one point. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, but no, I agree. That is one of uh, one of my weirder side gigs, but I actually really enjoy it a lot. And it's not like I'm serving alcohol to the children. I'm serving no, it to no. their parents. So, yeah. And then yeah. they drive home. <laughs> well, uh, this is in New York City, so oh, they probably walk. not. Yeah, they, they bus home. They either walk, they bus, or they subway. They definitely don't drive in New York City. They, I mean, they might, but like it's less likely. Shouldn't after two glasses of wine, kids. Agree. So anyway, we're going to talk about aspartame. Cool. What is aspartame? Splenda. No. It's in Splenda. It's not. It's in Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Okay. So aspartame is, quote, an artificial non-saccharide sweetener. And it's used as a sugar substitute. The person who made Super Smash Bros, his name is Masahiro Sakurai, and it sounds like Masahiro Sakurai. Wow. <laughs> How do you feel about aspartame? Do you like it? I mean, I wouldn't say I like it. I'd say I feel fairly neutral about it. I'm not really in the sweetener discourse. It's like usually if you give me something, it's like, oh, this has stevia in it. And some people are like, oh, God, I hate stevia. Or like, oh, God, stevia does things to me. I'm usually I'm like one of the people's that's like okay sure whatever and I'll just take it okay that's fair how many times sweeter than sugar is aspartame a lot I think that's a thing that like 
aspartame in its purest form is like frighteningly sweet. It is. Can you come up with a number? Is it more than a hundred? Yes. Is it more than 500? No. I'm going to guess 250. 200. Oh. Yeah. Relatively close. Yeah. Chemically speaking, though, what is aspartame? Um, so there's no saccharides in it. There's no Masahiro saccharides in it. <laughs> it doesn't have sucrose or glucose. Is He's his own special thing. He is. He is his own special thing. But he he do have carbon, though? I think most things have carbon. I think that's a safe bet, is that he do have carbon, though. Chemically, aspartame is methyl ester of the aspartic acid slash phenylalanine. Phenylalanine. Send me the word. Dipeptide. I want to try and pronounce it. Okay. If it begins with a P, I think it's phenyl. Phenylalanine. Phenylalanine. Phenylalanine, yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is on a chemical basis. Okay. That means nothing to me. And yeah, me neither, really. (laughs) And what are aspartame's trade names? It's not Splenda? It is not Splenda. Splenda is uh, sucralose. Is it sweet and low? I believe sweet and low is also Splenda. I could be wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of like all the different color packets of sweeteners that they have at cafe, like Brett, like diners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what the blue one is. It's equal. Equal. Yeah. It equals the soup is the aspartame. Yes. Okay. It also goes by NutraSweet. That one I've heard of. And Candorel. That one I've not heard of. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for assuming. You're welcome. Is aspartame good to use for baking? I mean, I guess maybe if you're diabetic, I suppose, like you can't consume that like natural sugar. So um, I just meant on a practical standpoint. Oh, I mean, practically, I don't see why not unless like sugar reacts differently in baking. It does. And so um, aspartame is generally not great for baking. Like you can use it in other things, but it's unstable when it's heated and it can break down. Um, I, however, this can be improved by coating it in fat, but there are other artificial slash uh, alternative sweeteners that do better in baked goods. I've actually used aspartame in baking before, which is hilarious. You can. It's just not necessarily as stable as, like, I know, I think a lot of people use Splenda in baking. I used Sweet and Low specifically. Well, Sweet and Low is not aspartame. Oh, oh, no. Equal, equal, I meant equal. Oh, okay. I used equal specifically. My mom was doing keto at the time. Oh, and she wanted to like not have like something sugary and I was making a dessert for her birthday. So I made a cheesecake using equal with like a blueberry compote on top. Oh, I remember that. It, w- it was actually really good. And you baked that cheesecake, right? Yeah. And I boiled the blueberries in the water and the equal. I remember that. In like on like a double boiler. 
Yeah. So like, so like I said, if the aspartame is coated in fat, it's improved. And so cheesecake is very high in fat. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why it it turned out okay. Yeah. Now the real question, is aspartame safe to ingest? There's controversy around this. Yes, there is. There is, there is social controversy around this, but there is pretty much only one correct scientific answer. I think from a science standpoint, they wouldn't be putting it in food if it would potentially be harmful to you immediately. This is America. Yeah. And America has done some bad things in the past, but I feel like the FDA's gotten better since like, you know, 2004. I agree. Um, So I'm going to say scientifically it is safe to eat yes so aspartame is one of the most widely studied food additives like all over the world it's been studied so 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 much and yes it is safe it has been rigorously tested and it has not been shown to affect blood glucose insulin cholesterol triglycerides calorie intake or body weight and in fact People who use aspartame instead of table sugar tend to have lower calorie intakes because sugar is higher in calories. So, but now why? Because you get headaches when you consume too much aspartame, right? So, well, okay, let's go to the next question. Okay. Does aspartame cause headaches and or neurological symptoms? Well, for some people, obviously it does. Well, according to the vast amounts of research, the answer is probably not. Then what's your deal? I don't know. Like, there hasn't been any actual real evidence to suggest that aspartame does cause headaches. But I've so, seen it give you headaches. I know. And, and things like diet Snapple has been known to be a really big trigger for me. And so... My new thinking is perhaps it's not the aspartame and maybe it's like consuming caffeine at a weird time of day. That sounds like it could make sense. Right? Isn't that like pretty logical? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of neurologists like still suggest to not consume aspartame if you have migraines, but like according to all the research and like thinking about more logic, like I don't think it's the aspartame. We've hit an astounding revelation today. We have. Ah. And well, yeah, good to know. it is good, good to know. Yeah. And since aspartame isn't great for baking, what is it often used in? Coffee. That is true. Um. I mean, other than to like sweeten beverages. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like diet sodas, diet drinks are like some of the most common uses for it, but it can also be found in sugarless ice cream, yogurt, and candies. Okay. Now, wait, now I have like a slightly offshooting question. Uh huh. So, because aspartame is scientifically okay for you, like yeah. it's not going to hurt you, mm-hmm. is diet soda going to hurt you? 
that could be its own separate episode but basically can you do a diet soda episode (laughs) i can do a diet soda episode and the really short answer to your question is it depends on the diet drink you're consuming and so like if you have something like a diet coke or a diet pepsi it's not that the sweetener is gonna harm you it's like the other stuff like the acid and the coloring and that kind of thing like chinese food so like yeah like if you consume diet drinks in moderation like it's not going to it's not like it's gonna affect calorie intake or sugar intake let's say if you're diabetic but like you know you want to be careful of your teeth and and that kind of thing so just like how msg isn't the culprit of headaches in chinese food aspartame isn't the culprit of headaches with diet soda yeah headaches or cavities even gotcha and in fact, people who drink diet drinks have, like, instead of sugary drinks, have fewer cavities and teeth issues. Good to know. I don't really drink soda, so I don't know much about this. Yeah, but we can do a whole episode on that if you Yay! want. <laughs> According to the FDA, what's the maximum safest amount of aspartame to consume in a day? It's a relatively small amount, I think, because it's so potent. It is extremely potent. 200 times more potent specifically. Yeah. I would say no more than like 100 milligrams. For the FDA, it's 50 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Oh, so you okay. can actually have a pretty large amount in I a can single have day. Like a, I can have like a pound of aspartame. <laughs> well, yeah. So like, let's visit that. How does this translate to cans of diet soda? Well, I guess it depends on how much aspartame is in the soda. Well, yeah, but like, let's just say generally an average diet soda. Um, and a can is usually 12 ounces. Okay, so it's 50 milligrams per kilogram of person. Mm-hmm. Something tells me there's probably more than 50 milligrams in a soda. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say you shouldn't have more than three cans. So a, a can of diet soda has about 185 milligrams of aspartame. And oh. that roughly translates to, let's say you have someone who weighs 150 pounds. That person would have to drink about 18 cans of diet soda in a day to exceed safe levels. Good Lord. <laughs> that is a lot. Imagine? <laughs> like even people with like the like largest diet soda addictions don't even tend to like hit that well, as that's much. A relief. That's a relief to hear. Yeah, like you'll be absolutely fine. And me, who's like on the smaller side, I don't know exactly what the math is, but it would still be, it would have to be a lot. You don't drink enough liquid ever to ever hit 18 cans of anything. Yeah, like even if it's nine cans for me, I don't even know if that math works out, but let's say it is like, I don't, I probably drink nine 12 ounce servings of something in a single week. Yeah, yeah (laughs) you have like the kidneys of a squirrel yeah like whatever nine times 12 is that's probably how many ounces I drink in a week yeah that's probably how much I drink in a week which is of of anything and I don't know how you're alive (laughs) uh honestly my kidneys don't know how I'm alive either I worry about your kidneys are they okay they're okay they doing all right they're okay they're fine anything perhaps some water Perhaps you should indulge them. Yeah. I have another question. Okay. 
when isn't aspartame safe? Oh, I probably you shouldn't have pure aspartame. It's got to be like mixed with something to stabilize it. Very specifically, people with PKU, and don't ask me what that stands for because I forgot and I didn't write it down. Okay. And people taking medication for schizophrenia should not consume aspartame. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's very specific, but extremely important. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because it can actually, like, elevate symptoms of tardive dyskinesia. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's really interesting. It is actually very interesting. And this is something that I learned in school. Like we learned very specifically that people who take medications for schizophrenia should not consume aspartame. I hope my uncle didn't like diet Pepsi or something. <laughs> One can only imagine. And, and, and also this is important because sometimes people take medications that are traditionally for schizophrenia but like for other conditions no yeah I got recommended at one point like schizophrenia medicine yeah so like you know you just gotta be careful yeah and finally does aspartame cause cancer no yeah probably not like like very strong evidence that it does not cause cancer but it is a thing that people like say oh right Mm -hmm. i now that you've mentioned that, I think I have heard people say that. Some health nuts in my life. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media. media. On Twitter at Research Rebut- and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researcherrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know um, what do you put MSG in? And what is your sweetener of preference? Yeah, what is your sweetener of preference? And um, if you want to encourage the American Citrus Council to sponsor us, you can email them at americancitruscouncil at gmail.com and give them a piece of your mind. They don't put aspartame on their strawberries. They don't put sugar on their strawberries. They put Splenda on their strawberries. I'm offended. Yeah. What kind of, I was about to say a bad word. (laughs) What kind of grapefruit does that? Yeah. What kind of grapefruit puts Splenda instead of aspartame on their strawberries? The American Citrus Council. That's who. Monsters. Monsters. Tell them what monsters they are. For putting Splenda on their strawberries. The absolute worst type of human. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 